0: good morning church it's so good to, uh, so great to be here together I love when we come together the east and the West I do want to shout out a uh, Phil who was just up here It's his birthday today so if you see him wish him a happy birthday but uh, it is such an honor to, to be here uh, speaking to you all this morning uh, my name is John Novak and I'm I, I came into the campus ministry a year ago and I um, And I know there are many people in here who have been disciples for decades, and so that's definitely humbling. And uh, (laughs) and uh, along with many other people who I look up to and admire, Uh, I'm I'm also really encouraged. My my younger sister, my dad, and my stepmom are here supporting. And uh, and my my friend Ricky, who drove two hours to get here this morning, is so encouraging. But uh, today, I'm going to be speaking about catching a vision for God's kingdom. And then Derek McNeil is going to come up and talk about persevering and keeping the vision. And, uh, you know, when thinking about vision, I was reminded of a story when I was younger. I was, I was probably like third or fourth grade. And I just had great, I had great eyesight, great God-given eyesight, did not need glasses. And, um, and then I remember like walking around and I would start seeing other people wearing glasses And I got like, for some reason, I was like, man, I want, I want to wear I want a pair of glasses. I want some. And so even though I did not need them at all. So I I told my dad, dad, I need some glasses. And so my dad uh, took me to the eye doctor. And I remember uh, the eye doctor pulled out that that sheet with the letters that you read back to him. And I just straight up lied. (laughs) (laughs) I remember like clearly, clearly seeing a G and I was like, Nope, that's a C. It, all, also, I could just get a pair of glasses, and uh, and so my dad bought the glasses, and I, and then I was walking around just wearing glasses that just made my vision worse. And uh, and uh, dad, I do want to publicly apologize for doing that. <laughs> it, it was such a short amount of time I wore them, I couldn't even find any pictures, but. Uh, but really, I just wanted to fit in, and, and I think this is a good picture of, of kind of how our world operates. I think uh, the world can kind of be like those glasses that mess with your vision and cause things to be blurry. And in the scripture we're about to get into today, we could see how Jesus comes in and removes those glasses and allows us to have God-given visions and dreams that are of value and impact. And so this morning, we're going to be talking about visions that Jesus empowers us to faithfully imagine. And to vision, to have vision, is the ability to think about the future with, uh, with faith and um, imagination. And so turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. And so this, is, uh, this scripture is really cool. This is the beginning of the first sermon on the first day of the first church. And I love what Peter begins preaching about. He says, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I will let you decide what you are there. Peter goes on to talk about Jesus and God's plan to save us. And then we get... Everyone plays a part. Uh, This whole chapter depicts a church where all disciples have dreams and visions for his kingdom. Jesus invites us to experience visions and dreams. How do you catch your vision? How, how do I know what my vision should be? Both valid questions. And you know, if we were to look in context here, before this day that Peter preaches this sermon, all of Israel was not dreaming. They didn't have prophecy or hear from God for the past 400 years. It's as if their eyes were two inches in front of their feet they were they were in survival mode and we could see this in how their religion had become dreamless and detached but then jesus came and enabled them to see the world through the lens of possibility and faith and and the church went on to go do great things and jesus if we do take a look at jesus oops, and jesus had great vision because he saw clearly who God was and he saw the needs around him. And I think similarly for us, catching a vision begins by getting your eyes off the ground and seeing the needs around you. What is stirring in your heart? What do you see in your family? What do you see at your school or workplace? What do you see in the world? What do you see in the church? Start with prayer and spiritual meditation on those needs. Then start assessing what you see through the lens of Jesus and I think the other question here too is why is this important why are we talking about this Proverbs 29 verse 18 says where there is no revelation people cast off restraint but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction having a vision keeps us focused and keeps our eyes from wandering if we don't catch a vision we live unrestrained lives we could start drifting toward a direction we may not want to go in, right? Imagine you're in a car and you're pulling out of your driveway. Instead of looking where you're going, well, and then you're pulling out of your driveway, instead of looking where you're going, you're instead looking at the hood of your car or your phone or something. Like you're playing games. You're going, <laughs> something bad is going to happen if you don't look up and see where you're going. And I think in the same, in the same way, in the scripture the opposite is true also so when you have a clear vision have a clear revelation you will restrain yourself and where you put your vision your actions will follow and so what is your vision what are you looking at for a long long time throughout my life my vision for my life was to go to college graduate become a teacher and uh, and, you know hopefully get married and uh, and maybe live on a farm and uh, I, there really is nothing wrong with that, with that vision for my life. I, I love it actually. Um, but as I studied the Bible, as I realized that I was settling for the American dream when there were kingdom dreams that had incomparable value, my vision changed. <laughs> my vision changed. I got a new prescription. And I began seeing the world differently. Now, if I wanted to become a teacher, I thought, well, how could I glorify God through being a teacher or being a coach? I thought, with whatever what I was going to do, how could I bring God the glory? And now my vision is to help others become Christians. And if God wills, to go into the full-time ministry. My vision changed in order to bring God the glory. And so what does this look like for you, right? What does this look like? I mean, for me, I, I go to Montclair State University and a year ago I was baptized and came into the ministry and and all I wanted to do, my vision was to grow the campus ministry and to lead as many people as I could to Christ. I was fired up and uh, I, I went on campus that week and I, and I shared my faith and invited over a thousand people, but it wasn't because out of those thousand people, nobody ended up making it yet. Um, I remember having prayed for five people to make Jesus Lord of their life and honestly it was super discouraging. It was disappointing and my faith definitely felt sapped and and hardened And, um, and maybe you could relate to that. I think each of us have dreams but sometimes our dreams don't come to fruition in the time frame that we imagine. I think a lot of times we can have a vision and when we see it doesn't come through, we could think, oh, it's just not meant to be and give up on it. But when, when really it's God who determines our steps and determines what happens, especially with other people. Proverbs 16, verse 9 says, in their hearts, humans... But it's ultimately who God who determines it. I think we could get upset when God's timing is different from our timing. I really wanted to see God do great things, but as my dreams were being delayed, I saw that there were other desires in my heart right there too, like pride and, and trying to look good. Um, but as things got delayed, I, God made it clear that there was sin creeping in. And eventually, eventually, along with seeing more people become Christians, one of the greatest things that came from God's timing was that I became aware of the sin I have in my heart and was able to mature that area of my life. because when it was god's timing my heart was in the right place and which made me ready for the great things to come so it's important that we trust god while he establishes our steps in his timing and then following last semester where nobody made it which was fall 22 we we, we came to this current semester that we're in now and in just this semester matt and i got to baptize four men from montclair jeez We got first was daniel who is one of the most passionate and encouraging people that i know and then was uh tyler who's such a great friend and is growing so much and then was ronald who is such a hard worker and is uh so supportive of a fam of his family and then just this past wednesday we got to see john make jesus lord of his life and and John is just such a light to the ministry. And now with these men, my vision for Montclair is for us to work together to help four more people become Christians. My like, gosh, I don't know why I get emotional. This is good. This is good. I don't know. It's so good. No, thank you. Um, and you know, not only did these four, four men make it, but there's also Wesleyan and Gianna who made it also. And what's so cool is looking back that God ended up like surpassing my prayer for five people. And, and now imagine if not, not only one person dreaming, but seven, right? Imagine, just imagine, it's so cool. Um, and then in addition to God bringing salvation to all these people, God was able in his timing to transform my heart so I was ready and mature enough for when he would answer those prayers. And I think we all go through some types of highs and lows, right? Some of us might be doing okay. Some of us, we we might be on our high, right? Maybe you got back from that marriage retreat three weeks ago and you're just crushing it. (laughs) You know, maybe you're faithfully taking action to see a vision that you have come through. Um, I think no matter where you are, you you wouldn't be here this morning if you didn't want to be doing well. Oh, that's... Those are all, all the men that got baptized. Um, you wouldn't be here this morning if you didn't want to be doing well. And, and sooner or later, I can see it being easy to get burned out of possibly not seeing visions fulfilled over time, or maybe seeing prayers unanswered, but if this is you, I want to encourage you to remember the prayers Jesus did answer and the promises he keeps, right? Maybe your, maybe your vision is to see your family become Christians. Or to have God use you in some way. For the teens, maybe your vision is to see one of your friends from school come to teen camp with you. For the edge ministry, maybe it's to be a light in your workplace, to be a difference maker in some way. For the marrieds, maybe it's to grow in your hospitality and have your relationship be an example for other people. I think whatever it is, whatever God has put on your heart, catch your vision, pray for it, and take faithful action. Bring it to the one who could do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Because of Jesus, let us look around with the lens of possibility. Not problems, but possibility. Take off the prescription that doesn't belong to you. Instead, look around with the vision God enabled you to have for your own life and for his kingdom. Look beyond the two feet in front and dream about the possibilities of what God can do. Some of us maybe had visions in the past of something you want to see happen, but didn't and need a jumpstart to work toward a new vision. If that's you, will you have new visions? Will you have a new dream? God invites everyone to dream big dreams. What do you want to see God do? Pray for it. Take faithful action. Once you figure out your dream your vision, is then that's when we can move on to the second point, which Derek is going to come up to share about, and thank you.
1: Wow. That was amazing. John, that was absolutely inspiring and very, very encouraging. It really was. And so like what John was saying, I'm going to continue. Um, today's sermon. First of all, I just want to say shout out to everybody wearing glasses. Just want to say that. All right. I know I see a couple of y'all right here in front of me, but John talked about, John talked about catching a vision, right? And so now let's talk about keeping that vision, living it with direction. So God can, and God is more than able to give us and allow us to have an amazing vision, an amazing dream to build up his kingdom. But if we catch a vision and do nothing with it, then we waste our time. And, yet, and that vision remains just that, a vision, a dream, right? Guess what, God had a dream, all right? Let's look at that dream. Let's go to Joel chapter two, verses 28 to 32. Joel chapter two. Verses 28 to 32. Yeah, I'm using a paper Bible, (laughs) y'all. It's been a long time, but Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. It says, the day of the Lord. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, all right, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls, right? Right? So we got, the full, we got a little piece from that in Acts chapter 2, verse 17, but this is the full vision that God had for his people, right? You know, it's, I got I to ask God, isn't it awesome that our God can dream? Like our God can have vision. He has a vision, right? He had a vision for his people and for their future to not be put to shame. He had a longing to see this happen, and he started to make moves until it came to fruition, and a part of this vision he had god had a vision that his people would have vision in joel's time and before him the old testament has a rich record of the work of the holy spirit right but he was the holy spirit was not poured out on everyone just yet right everyone you can think of david you can think of joshua there's many people in the bible that was empowered by the holy spirit but not all the people just yet before acts chapter 2. when we see god vision in full instead certain people was only able and allowed to have that and, and only for certain times and certain duties did they have visions and dreams it was selective for that to happen but they still dreamed powerfully joel and god's people wanted vision before and after they had a vision but they couldn't live it out just yet right because it wasn't their time Jesus even backs this up, too, of how excited they were back in Matthew thirteen twenty seven. where he says, concerning himself, where he says, For truly I say to you, prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. The people of God long to see and live their vision out and to be able to thrive in it, but unfortunately weren't able to do so. But as you even read Joel and even after Joel, they don't stop and they don't give up. They move forward with this vision that they caught from God here and Joel. And then we see until it was, it wasn't until Acts chapter 2, verse 17, which was like 1,000 years later, when we got to see the amazing happen. God opens up the door and pours out his spirit. God sent his spirit to Peter's generation. He sent it to ours today. He says, not only are we able to catch a vision for God, but now each of us are capable by the power of God to transform the world and live out the vision and have an eternal impact. And Joel pointed out that time for us is now. The time is now to live out your visions for the kingdom. You know, when I drive on, you know, some of y'all know the Garden State Parkway, right? When I, <laughs> it'd be crazy, but when I drive on a, the Garden State Parkway, and I'm on, my, like, I'm on my way to Newark or the schools over there, you know, NJIT, Essex, Rutgers, and things like that, right? You know, I, I usually pass by, you know, these two very large, you know, graveyards or, or whatever, right? And as a man of God, I see these things, and I realize this, this graveyard, not to be grim or anything, but I use it as a symbol or representation, right? As a, as a, a place where dreams have died or that past you know i look at that and then i look at my vision and i look at my dreams and i say to myself i don't want that to be true for me right a lot of people even today have dreams they have visions for their lives but they don't actually live it out and the result of that if not careful is the death of their dreams will that be will that be true of god's church will we not only catch a vision but actually move a direction and leave an eternal impact on this earth. Because if we, if we desire to leave an impact and live without our vision for Jesus and his kingdom, then I think the first thing that we need to do is not waste time and to go get some prescription so that you can walk in great direction. Right? This is the first thing that I think we need to do. Vision, when you see things clearly, clearly directs you it pushes you forward, right? If your vision is to see family members become Christians, then you act faithfully in that vision. You bring them to church. Try to try to invite them out. Bring them to some events. Hey, I'm doing some Bible studies. You want to jump in? You want to join me and some some of my friends. Right? If that's if that's your dream, if that's your vision. Maybe your dream or your vision is if you're really trying to figure out this, this discipleship and Christian thing, right? A Christian If you're trying to do that, then you need to make the decision to look at the Bible through unbiased prescription and a biblical lens and live out what you learn and what you see faithfully. By not wasting time with your vision, you do the things that align you to that dream you have. You tend to it like you would a fire, right? If your vision is to have vision, pray to God about it. And involve other people, which leads to my second thing. I think we need to do if we really want to live out our vision for God, and that's to make sure we don't walk with our glasses off. All right, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get to how and why I say don't walk with the glasses off, because there was one time back in 2019, right, and out, during a midweek service. That's usually when the campus get together. You know, we have our worship service that night. You know, um, Wednesday nights and everything, and. You know, I I walked into midweek without my glasses on and Jordan Jones, he's somewhere in the crowd back there, but Jordan Jones saw it. He asked me, why in the world are you wearing your glasses, man? Like, can you see? Like, what's going on? (laughs) And unlike John, right, he said John wanted glasses to look cool. I didn't want anything to do with glasses. All right. Like wearing glasses wasn't cool to me you would not catch me wearing my spectacles, all right? Like, I would take them off and walk around seeing nothing, (laughs) literally. And I guess the the pro, the pro of me walking around without my glasses on, right? Well, this is my pro. In actuality, I deluded myself into thinking that I looked cool without them on. The con would be that I was walking around squinting my eyes and barely seeing anything. That's the big con. And I respect Jordan a lot because he was able to point that out (laughs) in my life so that I can actually have vision. You know what I'm saying? When I was walking around, and the cool thing about this relationship with Jordan is that it didn't just stop there, right? I have the privilege to even live with him right now. And he gives me all sorts of advice. And when it was hard for me to see my vision, in my dreams, he told me to metaphorically and spiritually to put my glasses back on and a walk in clarity. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, therefore encourage one another and build one another up just as you're doing. Sometimes we need other people in our life to help us see and walk in clear sight and envision. When we start losing vision or decide to put our vision for the kingdom off, who can you call? We need people like this that we can share our dreams with, who knows our dreams and will hold us accountable as well with these dreams and visions that we have. The third thing to live in our vision is we need to pray faithfully. John touched the base on this a little bit. Psalm 127 one says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over and stays awake in vain. We can make the necessary strategies. We can have the plans out, the blueprint out in front of us and everything. But if God isn't involved or even behind it, then we waste our energy. The psalmist understood that the work of man, it had its place. We have to work very hard, we have to work, but it was of little use without the work and the blessing of God. God welcome and he always commands and commends human effort and participation. However, his work and his blessing were more important to push it forward. You know, if we have a vision, don't have a vision, or you're struggling to keep your vision or hold on to your vision, Just like Matthew 26, we need to be like Jesus in the garden and go to the Father relentlessly, and multiple times if we must. When Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was under immense stress. He struggled with the thought of carrying out his vision that he had for mankind and all of us here in this room. It was a hard one to carry out, but he continued to pray until he was resolute about the vision. And as, most of us, and as most of us know, guess what happens? He fulfills that vision. Because of this moment here in the garden. Involve God and pray. The fourth and the last thing to live in our, our vision is to persevere patiently. And John, again, you know, I, I love his heart. I love his story. He, was, he just got open and vulnerable like about things that he was wrestling with, but that's a great example of what it looks like to persevere patiently, right? God takes our steps, and we have to be willing to persevere patiently with our vision in the direction that he takes us in. You know, my vision and my dream is to see my family become Christians. And sometimes just to be real with you, I can be very hard to see that happen. Plenty of times, you know, I kind of just gave up praying. I lost hope. Will they ever become Christians? I don't know, right? And I found a lot of myself, you know, in my room just thinking about how much I love them, how much I will even love for them to become Christians, and started, you know, I started crying a little bit about it. You know, it really hit my heart a little bit, just thinking about my family. That's just how much love I got for them. I love them so much, and. You know, I kind of gave up on that dream, and I stopped praying for them. I kind of said, you know what, God, it is what it is. I kept doing my own thing, forgetting about them. And amen. You know, I I can't control them, right? I can't control them. I can't control the decisions. But for me, giving up and praying for them and persevering and loving and being a light around them and making the most out of every opportunity, no matter how hard it gets, is no, is no option for me. I gotta wrestle. I gotta struggle. I gotta be like Jesus in this area. I don't know if anyone in here, like if you, if you wrestle with that yourself, but you got a dream, you got a vision, you need to wrestle and persevere patiently and endure. Sometimes, when we want to do great things, we want to see great things for God and aren't seeing these particularly happening yet, we need to refocus. You know, we need to stop, take off our glasses, wipe the smudges off of them, and keep on going and keep on enduring. This is necessary for us because it helps us stay the course. You know, I want my family to know to know Jesus how much God loves them, and for them to really get to enjoy an intimate relationship with God and a life to the full with God, now all the way into paradise. But it won't happen on my timeline, but on God's timeline. Doing this one soul at a time, persevering patiently in this, and doing it out of love and response from the love that's been shown to me on the cross is what's carrying me through to persevere patiently in this prayer, in my vision, in my dream. We need to do this for our visions, for our dreams. We need to persevere patiently in prayer. Church, what is your vision? Did you catch a vision? Do you envision yourself doing something great with God and for God? And if not, will you catch one? And will you keep one? living it out, not wasting time with it, getting help from other people, praying faithfully about it, and persevering in it. All of us here have visions and dreams. Or we can can actually start new ones. This is the beautiful thing. How do I know that? Because you all showed up to service today, in a crowd and even on Zoom as well too. All of us have visions and dreams. What will you do with them, and will you live it out? God wants to do amazing things. We see his dream carried out, and it took him patiently persevering as well, too, to actually see it come to fruition. So I hope this helped everyone here in this room, y'all, and I just want to thank you so much for allowing John and I to come up here and speak, and God, God be the glory.